Welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview the absolute best health and wellness practitioners from across the globe to show you what they do so that you can do it too. This is because, like you, I did not always feel that health was easy. I had tried different diets, countless exercise plans, but often felt misled by an industry that thrives on you not really getting healthy and always spending money on the next new thing. Because of this, I'm getting bare naked on health and pulling back the curtain to show you that being truly healthy is simple. Wherever you are in your health journey, I want to show you that with minimal effort, you can get maximum results and do what you love, play with your kids, go for a hike, and crush it in your business all while feeling great. To give you a kickstart, I encourage you to go over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to get the top 10 world-class nutrition tips from the experts that have been on the show, and you will see what simple health can be. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 63. In today's episode, I interview integrative therapist and educator, Ashley Mazurek. Be sure to stick around for the end of the episode to hear about my connection to Ashley through Big Cats, why you need to go after fear, and of course we discuss Jane Fonda too. Alrighty guys, on the line today, uh, I have Ashley Mazarek on the Bare Naked Health Podcast. Now, Ashley, first question I ask everybody who comes on the show is, tell us about your health journey in 10 sentences or less. Seriously? Approximately. <laughs> Define health journey. Kind of what was the biggest maybe uh, turning point or even if there was anything growing up, uh, any, any big highlights that you've hit up until where you're at now? Well, I um, was a triathlete for nine years. And so um, I was really competitive with that. And in the midst of doing um, all levels of triathlon, so from sprints to Ironmans, I also uh, was a big marathoner and did fitness pageants. So I just try to shake it up. Uh, and so doing and experiencing both polar ends of that, which is quite opposite. <laughs> it was amazing to me to see the transformation and what I ate and what I didn't eat with my body. And then to see how much physical activity can really fuck up the system. Absolutely. Yeah. And what, what did you learn? What were some of your biggest takeaways from that then? Uh, biggest takeaways is I'm a, I'm a doer. Uh, kind of person. I, I love to be very active. And what eventually happened was my physical body broke down to the point where I couldn't do anything anymore. And I learned to appreciate being still and um, using my mind versus uh, my body. And part of the process of, as you look back, the process of going through so many physical trials is that you you grow within your mental emotional capacity and you understand that that was all dysfunctions that were manifesting and that's the journey to discovering truly what they are and for me it was uh, life-changing um, I and I I had so many injuries all the time that I can relate to a lot of people that are in pain yeah and I thought that you know, part of being an athlete was about being in pain. Like, I remember going through the check system and one of the instructors saying, well, when do you rest? And don't, don't you have pain? And I was like, yeah, like, don't we all have pain? That's like part of being an athlete. And they're like, no, it's not. So yeah, it was, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting that the mentality and the relationship with food and what that means and the childhood, your childhood and that, how that brings up issues and um, it's all part of the journey. Now, I'm interested to dive down this hole a little bit deeper on the athlete and pain. Because I, I think you're right. The, the, the two are often synonymous with each other. Like you think, especially any higher level uh, athlete, uh, it's, well, I'm going to be injured. I'm going to break down, uh, so on and so forth. Wh why is that really not the case? Why should we not be in pain no matter what type of athletic endeavors uh, we partake in? I think that 
part of my, and, and I can say this about my athletes that I train, is I know that they're running after something. And it's something that they haven't, it, it's, it's about achieving enough physical pain so that they don't have to go deeper to the mental, emotional pain that's, that's rising up. So we can beat ourselves up physically so that we don't have to address what's, what's deeper in us. And so, you know, I can say that because I, I experienced it myself. So it, at the end of the day, we, we have to figure out if they're willing to take those steps to, at a very, uh, very light level, dip into what's underneath all that drive and determination to be physically um, the most fittest, the most competitive. And if you know how that resonates within the energy systems in the body, we know that's a root chakra issue. So you can ask simple, easy questions that will, through movement, bring up that emotion, which if somebody's with you that you know supports and loves you like you support and love them, then they will little by little open up and be able to get to a point where through the expression of healing will then now create self-realization and then, as it always happens, they end up finding through their own series of awareness that, like I did, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I, in the same year that I quit, my last year, I did my last Ironman, I retired and said, I'm done, I can't do this anymore. And it was the same year that my mother and my father at different times, which they're, they're divorced, said that they loved me and they were proud of me. So, yeah. There's a story that then helps me with that knowledge see the depths of each individual and what's really going on within themselves. So how has your movement practice changed since that of being a high-level triathlete until now? What have you really adopted? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because... People come up to you and they say, oh, my God, you look so great. Like, are you still running? No. Are you still biking? <laughs> I don't do any cardio. And they're like, what? what? What do you mean? And they're like, no, I go for slow walks. I meditate. And I basically my first love has always been working out. And I just work out. And I still try to encompass that balance. It's still very hard. Uh, but really focusing on feeling my body and, and addressing, okay, what does it need or want today that's going to make it feel best, not what does my programming say or what is my ego saying right now that's, that might in the past supersede and me just like, I don't care, I'm just still going to run out, go out and run 10 miles. What's an easier way maybe for people to try to get in touch with their body so that they're able to kind of feel what do they need on certain days? Well, you know for everyone, no matter who they are, they need to be still. And the people that need to be still are the people that need to play and the need to laugh and need to learn what it is to have fun. I'm speaking from my own experience. And it, when you are that way, you're very easily able to see it in other people, which allows them to really resonate. And then with that resonation, you know, they'll say, well, what was your path? And it, you know, for me, I had to completely break down, but I'm a, I'm a slow learner. You know, <laughs> also a kinesthetic learner. So I have to like feel the experience. No one can tell me how to do something. I actually have to feel it. So, you know, it's giving pieces of information and support. In other words, I support them, even though they want to go out and trash their body this weekend, right on. If you want to get through it and feel a little bit better, let's offer cold showers, let's offer, you know, an active meditation, let's offer, you know, reading a book on what it means to breathe correctly. Uh, and so that way they don't feel like I'm like taking them from A to Z. Like you can't tell somebody like I was 10 years ago, go home in a corner for 20 minutes. <laughs> like that's absolutely insane. Um, so you have to like, well, what do you, what do you like to do? And can we start with like, two minutes, five minutes, 10 breaths, 20 breaths, um, journaling, something really simple, artwork, if they love to art, if they love to sing, singing, if they love to dance, you know, get in the bathroom, turn on your favorite tunes and dance for 15 minutes. That way they get a small chunk and they go, wow, that felt so good, Ashley. Good. What did it feel good about? They have to communicate that so they can hear their own voice, express that so they can remember it. And then the next week, they're going to fuck it up and do something that's going to put them right back in there and go, I said, well, how did that feel versus last week? 
And then the compare and contrast. If you can get that compare and contrast, then you're home sweet home because you say, okay, what do you want more of? Well, I just, and then deal with the barriers. Well, but, oh, okay, well, let me create a modification for that. Oh, but, and I need to, okay, let's talk about that. So, you know, I think it's kind of, I don't want to degrade or be disrespectful, but I feel like some people, when you give them options and modifications, they're like, wow, that's amazing. Like, that's a great idea. And I'm like, what? Like, sit down in a really comfy chair, play your really good music and journal? Like, that's. That's not that great of an idea. <laughs> and it's like, you never thought of that? Yeah. So it's experience that does it. And being able to kind of find somebody that you're, obviously the universe sends you because likes attracts like. And if you can be open-minded to listening to them, listen, truly listen. And the only way they're going to listen is if they've experienced enough pain to get there. So you talked about a lot of different forms there of meditation, being still, uh, whatever they might be. What, what of those uh, most resonates with you? What do you like to do for your practices? Yeah, uh, for me, I love walking my dog outside. I love uh, going to the beach because I'm right here by the beach. I take saunas and cold showers on a regular basis, and that just is heaven. I like to get massage. I have gone from a person that would pay my trainers to take the massage for me for my massage therapist to actually getting one on a regular basis for myself. Uh, so for me, reading is one of my favorite things to do because I love to learn. So anything that allows me to sit down to a really good spiritual book or um, a book about metaphysics or psychology, that's like heaven on earth. Now, and it's, it's, can put me a little bit too left brain, but also know that my soul is able to communicate that with me too. Like I know when I'm going to left brain, I can feel it inside of me. So sometimes reading isn't the best idea for me. So if people, and I tell my students this, most of us, we love to learn. We want to know as much as we can and we want to help people. So part of the process of helping people is like, oh, I need to read this book or I need to read and you get on social media and people are introducing all these things to you and all these podcasts and all these books and all these webinars. And it's like massive amounts of information that can totally throw you out of balance. But if you can create mindful awareness time, you can tap into source well, that will give you the unlimited amount of books that you could possibly want and need that most books don't tell you because you're going to get a client that's going to display dysfunctions that you can't find in a book. So if you can be able to tap into soul, higher source, through my own experience, it is amazing to be go, wow, I don't know how to do, I don't know what to do with this person because I've never had this kind of situation. Tap in and they'll go, oh, just do this. And, da -da -da -da. and I'm like, well, that, I've never tried that before. And sure enough, it works. But it's the process of getting there. What book are you reading right now? Ah, I'm, well, I just finished Vibrational Medicine, just yeah. finished Sex at Dawn, and now I'm, I'm listening to, in my car to The Vortex by um, Esther Hicks, and I'm reading, uh, again, um, Eastern Body, Western Mind. So you said listening to as well. What's your preferred way? Would you rather listen to something? Would you rather read it? I like both, uh, but for, I, am a, I like to read. When I'm in my car, lots of times I just like quietness. Mm -hmm. just peace so I have an audiobook always on if I want or choose if I'm if I'm needing information because part of my driving time is my reflection time on what's going on with clients what I need to do when I get home how am I feeling what do I need at this point in time so as you know with kids you don't have much quiet downtime so it's like the car drive is awesome <laughs> uh, I find myself actually now that you say that doing that more and more like I'll put a podcast on an audiobook and I might be 15 minutes in my drive and I have no idea what I listen to because I've just been in my own head just hey like thinking about the day thinking about what I'm doing uh, or just enjoying the drive type thing uh, so I can definitely relate to that one just that sometimes quiet time is uh, is a very nice thing to have for sure Talking about not having even much free time then, uh, do you have specific daily routines that you follow, whether maybe like a morning routine, an evening routine, or even like do you have a perfect day for yourself? 
Mm. Well, I have a routine, but I find as structured as I am, there are pieces in my week that I love to be very structureless. Mm-hmm. So it's about me finding that balance. When I get too structured with everybody in my family's daily plans and structured, it gets to be very monotonous and boring. And I like I like exciting. So the perfect day for me would be to have the availability to do a lot of my chi stuff. So taking my sauna, going for a walk, going to the beach, having a great breakfast, a great lunch at my favorite organic food store. And, you know, just being by myself. Cause I'm, I'm a big, uh, um, I, I love being with me. I'm my best friend. So, <laughs> And if, if it were my perfect would be either to be with my family and then the balance of that would be to be completely by myself. Yeah. That sounds very nice day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, so would do you even have a uh, – so talking about routines, what are even, I guess, some of your more structured periods of your week? Uh, what does that look like for you? Yeah, well, every day starts with a 30-minute meditation. And then it's – uh, goes with making breakfasts and lunches and then getting the kids ready for school, getting them off to school and preparing the kitchen for dinner and then heading off to work with clients for the day and then clients from the clients I go to the grocery store and then from the grocery store I pick up kids or I go to take them to practices, sit at practices, come home, make dinner, um, clean up dinner work with homework, get homework done, get showers, um, get ready for the school day tomorrow, and then off to bed for the kids, take some quiet time with my partner, about 45 minutes for us, and then I go up to read uh, before I go to bed. That's a very structured, pretty standard day. Yeah, during the week sometimes, I guess, when it needs to be with the kids running around and everything, for sure. Absolutely. Now, what is something, I guess, that you could... I, I want to say learn from your eight-year-old self, but maybe even your kids. What's something that you could recognize in them that you should kind of learn from even now for yourself? Something that I can learn from them? Yeah. Well, you know, I have a – would have to go on a tangent and brag about my little girl. Please go uh, for it. I have – was given 10 years ago an angel, and she has been my biggest teacher today. And she teaches me every day about how to be and how not to be. And what's really beautiful about her is she's very um, open and very communicative. So whenever I maybe got a tone or a look, she'll be very good about telling me, Mommy, I don't really like that look that you're giving me. Um, Or she'll communicate words that will tell me that she's showing signs of growth and development within the shame or the guilt emotion that I need to address because it could potentially be me that's creating that with my words. So she teaches me every day how to be better by her unconditional sense of love and her just capacity to observe and witness other people and learn from that. Unbelievable. It's like if there's such a thing as mature soul, it is this angel that was given to me. Yeah. And I know that she Um, Because I do a lot of spiritual work with healers and shamans and um, psychics. And so I know that she is a sister of mine in my past life, which creates a very strong, we have a very strong connection. It's pretty amazing. It's like, I I don't know, maybe a lot of people have experienced when they were growing up, their parents didn't really put them on the same level. And it was very easy for me as a mother to have so much respect and love for this child that it is I have the utmost respect in other words she when she has words of wisdom to give me I take them and hold them very close to my heart and do whatever I can to either make it better or keep continuing to do what I do she wrote me a note one day and she said mommy I love the way you think love Jade <laughs> that's I mean, awesome right like <laughs> yeah I love the way you love she'll say and that's something that'll certainly put a big smile on your face, I guess. <laughs> well, you, know, you get confirmation from your kids. Yeah. Because, you know, you, sometimes, and I always say, I don't, 
am I doing good by you? Like, I want to be the best mom that I can, and I want you to help me be that best mom that I can, be my the best person I can be for myself, and, and continue to keep reminding me of that, whether it's good or bad, and, and she does, just by the things that she says. Ashley, we're talking so much about emotions here. I want to know, what's the last thing that made you cry? Oh, well, you're talking to a female, and you're talking to a um, once-a-month hormonal Okay. Hormonal female. So it was definitely during that week. Okay. I tend to get very tearful. And it's always in relationship to not feeling loved. Yeah. And on the flip side, I just had my birthday. So what makes me teary-eyed is when I read a, a card that has so much love in it. So when I feel a lot of love, it makes me tear up. That's awesome. In a good way, obviously. Like that's that's the kind of crying we certainly want to do when we can. Yeah, that's great. Are, okay, so going off of that, I guess maybe uh, emotions. What are you most afraid of? Not afraid of anything. Not afraid of anything. No. How did you get to be at, at that point where you're not not fearing anything? Well, I believe at a very probably when I left home, my goal was that there was if there was anything that I feared, I would do. And so I kind of live my life that way. If, if I'm in a state of any type of fear, I go after it. Um, I'm a very shy person. So I've taken so many public speaking classes. And I did one of the things that I grew up, I was a competitive dancer. And I would always like throw up before I went on the stage. And so that's why I went back into pageants when I got into my 20s is because I wanted to move beyond that fear of the stage. And... Um, fear of getting in front of people and expressing. I started teaching group fitness when I was 18 and probably about a, for the first year and a half of teaching group exercise, I literally maybe got two, three hours of sleep a night because I just was so nervous. So I think I've gotten to the point where I, I get more excited about things, maybe a little bit nervous. I don't know of anything at this point that I wouldn't do. I'll do anything once, maybe twice. <laughs> um, yeah. And, um, I kind of, I, I think for me to live life like I would like, uh, I love to do things that I could potentially have some fear about because it brings life force back into me, that sense of excitement. Yeah. So you touched on sleep there two to three hours a night. Do you think everybody needs eight hours of sleep? I don't. I don't. I think that how you have to treat every model of information is, and treat it like we do with diet. And that is each particular person has their own set of ideals within their own makeup. And, you know, protein is great for some people. Protein is not necessarily great for others. Um, the ratios of those macronutrients, the same with sleep. There's a structured regimen that we, you know, I teach people that allows them to know what their sleep capacity is. And then what can influence the sleep capacity, the duration and the actual quality. So I think that you always have to give people those parameters and allow them to have the freedom to decide. And I agree too. It's it's one of those, we're going now, starting to come into the summertime, like days are getting longer, all of that. I definitely don't need as much sleep as I do in the wintertime. It's an amazing thing to kind of track and recognize uh, in myself. Uh, and, I, and I agree with you. It's, hey, it's, it's just like diet, it's just like movement. We have to dose it accordingly. And isn't it beautiful that when you can experience someone saying that, oh, you know, I just, I can tell that now I got to go to bed earlier or I'm sleeping longer. To me, that's so powerful because it tells me that they're really in touch with their body and they're listening to it. And like, yay, it's so super to hear that. Now, okay, we're talking about even uh, your practice itself. So your practice is called Balanced Body, Correct. Now, what do you do on a daily basis? Because you said you really dive into like a lot of the psychology of things, but you, you still love movement, you still love working out, all of that. What does your uh, general practice look like when you're working with clients? Oh, I'm super lucky. I have a beautiful mixture of mental, emotional, um, physical, healing type clients. In other words, part of tapping into the universe and allowing source to guide me has given me clients 
that want and need exactly what I want to give them. So I want to do the physical work. I want to do the mental, emotional. I want to do the nutritional. And I wanted to get into the spiritual side of things. So um, oftentimes, you know, I don't advertise. So it's through referral. And sometimes I get a little bit afraid because I'm like, oh, who referred you? And I'm thinking, oh, you know, they don't really know too much about me. But as the conversation um, goes forward, you, you can hear them making slight conversations about spiritual or about holistic or about and it's exciting for me and I and I always learn then from that to trust that the universe will send me exactly what I need and sometimes it may be more mental mentally emotional sometimes it's very physical and it's my challenge to then open that physical and get deeper into the mental emotional for them and I love those challenges so every client that I have on board right now is all about the holistic nature of healing physical mental emotional and spiritual yeah I'm lucky and what about uh the good chi circle as well mm. yeah so ashley's good chi circle was formed when i started teaching no not when i started teaching about a couple years ago some students um when classes go on and it's almost done the last day they're like oh i'm gonna miss you and they're like yeah we're gonna miss you and and I was like, well, what can I do to create a connection with these beautiful people that still want to stay in contact besides doing an email list? So I created Ashley's Good Chi Circle for people to see and hear still some of my advice that I'm giving to you like, so that I can still mother them if I want to. And also the education part of it because I love to learn new things and I love to share that if they're not in my class anymore which comes to a point where I don't teach anymore the upper level classes that I won't see see them anymore that I do want to share the extended forces of information that I may have learned that I had taught and it's also a it's a source for whenever anything happens in the check institute because Paul evolved so much uh, we change things and upgrade things. And one of the students said, well, if I'm not going to take exercise, you know, I'm done after this. So if you guys change something, how would I find out what the new change is? And I said, yes. And it's oftentimes very difficult for us to get that information out to you. So what I'll do, if there are ever any changes with the Czech Institute or the models or the processes, I will be more than willing to put that new information and share it with you guys. Um, so yeah, and the, you know, a lot of clients email questions and I'm like about five, maybe six, seven years ago, I, I had the revelation that I was tired of doing one-on-one -on -one stuff. And I thought that the purpose of my life needed to be more, more for the masses. So that's why I really got into teaching and, um, felt just at more of a, a purpose in my life when I teach more to the masses. I still love my single, single one-on-one -on -one client work because it helps me grow but it's real important that I also do another side of my dream, which is to take that opportunity to go to the masses and feed this information to as many people as I can. So the, um, the good she was also about kind of spreading the word, spreading the information to as many people as I could that are open minded to hearing it, wanting it. So that's kind of how that whole thing manifested itself. What's your favorite thing to teach? Oh my goodness. I don't know. I mean, I love teaching. I love teaching the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual aspect of everything. Mm -hmm. Truly. And I love the physical because I'm good at it. And I've been doing it for a lot longer. But I also, I would say that I love teaching the mental, emotional, spiritual. But it's a challenge for me because I have to get very raw when I teach it. So it always leaves me feeling vulnerable. And that's part of my growth is to teach this information. And part of my growth is becoming vulnerable and um, revealing things that are very close to me and very deep inside of me from my own, from my, my own experience, sharing that. Um, as much as I love it, it is, it's a challenge for me. I think that makes sense. Though. The, the things that are almost the hardest to teach, to, to share with others are probably the most enjoyable because like you said, fitness you're the, the movement you're you're good at it. You, you've done that for a long time not that it becomes i guess automatic but you've had much more practice with that but sharing the other things teaching the other things it, it's probably that that same thing like you're seeking that challenge uh to be able to do it and that, that's really awesome to hear 
Well, you can teach supinateral ball roll. That's external to me. But when I talk about shame, guilt, and anger and fear, I have to give examples. And what I can resonate with most is my own example. So when I have to, when I have to talk about myself and I talk about the challenges with those and what it means, those pieces of me allowing me to share that, I don't do with anybody. So that vulnerability of sharing pieces and parts of me, that's not like me to do that. Yeah. It's like taking my clothes off in front of people. Really? It's what it feels like. Yeah. It's like I'm getting naked. That makes sense, actually. Yeah, it really does. No. What's that? I said, in a way, it might be easier. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so along the way here, Ashley, we've also talked about learning. What is the most recent thing that you've really dived into as far as just wanting to learn a whole lot more about? Well, I um, started a four-year esoteric training class. It's four years, and it is. I started it last year, so this is my second year, and I absolutely am in love with it. And um, the the ability to go esoteric is a. I love what I love about it is one of the things that Dr. Briner said was she can just sit down in her chair, grab a cup of coffee, and just go to work. And I thought. I can do this when I'm 80 years old. <laughs> so I don't want to, I don't think at 80 I'm going to want to teach exercises. You know, I want to be able to chill. So, and I don't ever think that I'll retire. So I found at a beautiful piece of work to do that allows me to do what I love, which is drink coffee, which I don't drink coffee on a regular basis because I'm too addicted to it. But I think when I'm 80, I'm just going to be like, fuck it. I'm going to drink it till my heart is content. <laughs> then the, the esoteric part of it and trusting myself and, and taking the graduation of my spiritual practice to a new level, this training has done that for me. It, in order for me to be good at it, which I'm competitive, so I need that kind of push. In order for me to be good at it, I have to be very, um, I have to be very into my spiritual practice with myself. And that requires doing it once more like twice a day, having spiritual practice with me. So that has culminated in my life and it, it has enhanced every aspect of my life. So the esoteric is probably the best answer I can give you. So mm-hmm. learning or learning esoteric training. Were you uh, taking the training through? Yeah, I'm doing it through an osteopathic physician in Michigan in Lansing her name is Dr. Briner, and she's been doing this. She's been doing esoteric healing with patients for 30 years. And she, um, Brendan Johnson, is from Cross Seas, brought esoteric to the US of A. Dr. Briner worked with her, then took the information and made it better and started teaching it in the US. So I'm, I'm really, I feel really lucky because in the training that I've accrued with my education, I've got the best of the best, you know, and Absolutely. I, I mean, I can say right now that every person that's taught me a level of my education is the best in their field. And I'm super grateful for that. And I remember when I, I asked around before I started the, the, the certification process and I said, who's the best in esoteric? And they said, Dr. Briner. And I say, who do you think's the best? Dr. Briner. Who do you think's the best? And so I feel confident that I got the best. That sounds fantastic. That's a great way to go about it too because people will say, well, like, how do you find things up? Just ask around, see, see what others say. They've, they've already probably made the mistakes, learn from them. Yeah. Who in history would you most have liked to uh, meet? Who in history would I have most liked to have met? Mm. Jesus Christ. Why's that? Because he's considered a... He's considered... From my, because I come from a very religious background, and um, he fits in with the saints and the masters, um, master guides. And for me to have experienced that world and what it was like at that time would be fascinating. And to have been able to be a disciple and hear his words and what he has to say, even though he's a, he was a, a man, he was just a very evolved man. Um, I would have really, I would really enjoy it. There's several people that I would enjoyed meeting and experiencing. Um, 
But yeah, he's one of them. What would you have asked them? If you, if you could talk to him right now, you get one question. What are you going to ask him? I would say, what's the one thing you have learned in your life so far? If it were one thing of most value to you, what would it be? Well, I'm going to ask you that. What's, <laughs> what's the one thing in your life uh, that has given you the most value? The one thing that I've learned in life uh, would probably be to love self, to really learn how to love self. Because I think that once you're able to learn how to love yourself, you're then able to learn how to love everything else. Because that's where it starts. What is it that you love most about nature? What I love about nature is that it balances me. So I'm a fire sign. So the reason I love the beach is because the water sedates my fire. And um, what I love about the woods is I feel the, I feel the energy from the trees, from the dirt. Um, the sense of you know, going hiking, which my dad lives in Colorado, so he's, he's surrounded by nature. And when I go hiking with him, one of the things that really helps me is it helps me go back to authenticity, right? Like the simple things. That's all we need is the simple things. And it makes you really, um, I feel like, grateful for what's been created for us right here in front of us. You know, just going outside and walking my dog, like you look around at the beautiful trees and the, and the flowers and the grass. And even if it's brown, it's beautiful, right? Now you look at the concrete and, you know, you've got children's chalks, pictures and stuff. It's like it's beautiful. And... We, we get to enjoy this on a daily basis. The sun, the sun is so warm and invigorating. It gives you life force. It's like we're so amazingly lucky. I mean, it's, it's a gift. So we're going out in nature here. Uh, what animal best describes you? Oh, well, my, um, my animal is uh, big cats. Big cats? Yeah. We, um, I just, we just had our faculty meeting in January, and Paul took us on a – journey through, um, I'm not, the word is escaping me, but sort of like a visualization and to find our animal. Mm -hmm. And my animal is, now don't laugh because a couple of the guys in the group laughed. Okay. It's a cougar. You're you're not going to know the reason that I can't even find words right now. Uh, Mine is the same thing. (laughs) Yours is? It it is. (laughs) That's why when you said big cats, immediately like, Light bulb went off in my head. Like I started thinking, like, all right, well, I, I got to dig a little deeper on this. Uh, yes, yes, so it is. Panther and cougar were in my my visualization, and so Paul said, it's "Big cats." And okay. so interesting and oddly enough, it was funny because when I came home and I told my daughter, my daughter's favorite animal are big cats. Really? It's unbelievable. Yeah. And so that's interesting for you because Vidja's also was cougar, and she said that. Cougar represents a strong, the strong feminine source in, in, in me. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what it means for you. <laughs> you I'm probably have, have I'm gonna have to journey on that a little more to find out then too. <laughs> you probably have a really beautiful um, feminine side to you. Even though you're a male and masculine, you probably are very nurturing male. I try to do my best, uh, certainly to be. Uh I don't even know where to go after this. This is that. I, that was just an amazing uh, thing right there. And actually, like logo on my website and everything. It's I, I had somebody draw a cougar for me and everything. And that's that's actually what I use too. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Very Yay. cool. Very cool. Actually, what are you most excited about right now? Um, growth. Any particular area? No, I think for me on a daily basis, um, I would consider myself. Uh, well, I've been told that part of my, one of my assets is balance. Surprisingly enough, my company's name is Balance Body. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's interesting how everything just kind of manifests the way it does. Um, but everything in my life, the pieces of pie in my pie, I like to, in order to feel good in my day, I like to create growth. And right now, I feel excited because I feel like I'm growing in all aspects of that. You know, and I, I'm impatient, so I always have to talk to my soul and my guides because I'm always like, I'm not, 
I'm not growing fast enough. Well, why aren't you, why aren't you helping with me? And their, their message is always patience. You're going as fast as you need to be growing. And it's true. <laughs> so a little bit more on growth here then. What is your vision for a healthy future for both yourself, your family, uh, maybe even the world, but like in 10 years, in 100 years, like what is that growth going to look like? Well, you know, I think the consciousness of society and humanity is growing. I do believe, and I have believed that for a very long time. It is growing, at least in my small little bubble. And I, I, I focus on that. I focus on each person that I interact with and I spend time with, that, that we grow our level of consciousness of helping ourselves first and foremost. And then for every bit of ourselves that we can heal and grow and understand and create compassion and empathy about, it will then permeate in every other person that you come in contact with. So, you know, what is it going to look like? I'm not really sure what's going to look like. I just, my hope is that with each person that I touch or I talk to or I communicate with or I energize with, that they'll be a piece of that. And we'll spread it done further with, you know, with their own means. And we'll all, as a society, get better, get happier, get healthier, whatever that means. Because in order for us to really grow, we need contrast. So we need that, that black and white. We do need that. And I, I feel like it's, you know, I have a client of mine that hates seeing poor people, hates seeing people struggle. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. You, we need that so that, that we can learn to cultivate love for the differences that we have in each of us. Part of having a really healthy relationship is being able to love the person for the differences in them from you. It's be able to love them because they're not like you and because they don't do everything that you want them to do. That's, that is growth. That's, that's beautiful. You talk a lot about balance, but we're also talking about growth needing that black and white. What has maybe been your biggest, or what is your current biggest struggle in your life to keep in balance? Mm, that's an easy question. My struggle is to be able to stop doing, to relax and smell the flowers, to not help, to not do for people that can't do, to not enable. And sometimes it's hard when you want to help people so much and you need to let them figure it out on their own versus you constantly doing things to help them in ways and sometimes they're there so I feel like sometimes people are in your life so that you will see that they must ruminate in their own issues and that you're not going to help them and it's about supporting them at the phase and the dysfunction that they're in versus Wondering why they're not getting better because you've given them all the tools and they're not doing it. Oh my God. And sometimes for me, my lesson is, is like, well, maybe they're not supposed to do anything. Ah, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing anything. Maybe I should just, you know, just do, just do nothing. Just relax. And you know, you know I have a seven year old mother who's a firecracker. She has so much energy. She's on her second career. Um, she just retired from teaching and is now getting her real estate license. And so I resonate with her because she has so much energy and we have so much energy. So with that energy, you want to just do and it's not the best idea sometimes. So you talk about taking that twice a day practice, right? To kind of slow down or meditate. What does that practice look like for you? Well, I can be a little ADD. I can be a little monkey mind. I can be impatient. And those are aspects of me that I love. Does, I'm not criticizing myself. I'm saying, yes, these are, this is me. And I also love those things about me um, because they've helped me grow. I do a, it's called Isha Yoga. It's a seven asanas that I do. That's a practice I learned many years ago from the organization, the Isha Yoga organization. And I love that because it's got toning in it. It's got breathing in it. It's got movement in it. It's got just sitting in an alternating breathing in your notes got everything in it I also have a practice where it's just stillness with um, squared breathing so all I do is just sit still and focus on my breath and listen to what higher source has to tell me and um, yeah sometimes it's qigong sometimes it's stork walk sometimes it's it's um, just toning which I love to do I've got I got 
crystal healing bowl, chakra healing bowls. Sometimes I just do the bowls and um, listen to the beautiful music. So it is, there's no excuse for me not to do something because I've got so many things that are fun to do. So I can't, <laughs> I can't really not do it because a lot of them have helped me so much and they're, and they're actually really fun to do because I get so much out of it. What's something that keeps you up at night? Nothing. I sleep really good. I guess I mean that from, it doesn't have to actually keep you up at night. What is maybe that thing where it's, you just still are always mulling over even? Well, I can say several years ago, probably about two or three years ago, when I did have a situation where I was up at night, it is when I feel like I've disappointed someone. And that hurts me and makes me disappointed in myself. So that will keep me up at night. And part of taking that particular situation, how I resolve it is the next day, so that I'll sleep the next night, I go take care of it. So either I call the person, I email or text. Most of the time, if I can't see them person to person, then I need to have a conversation to hear their voice to get it resolved. Whether it's apologizing or whether it's sharing love or whether it's creating understanding behind the situation, it's really important for me to go er to sleep every night with zero resentment or anger or any negative vibe with anybody in my life. So we've talked a lot about doing and wanting to do more. If you knew you only had one year to live, what would you spend the next 12 months doing? Well, I would probably travel quite a bit. Where would you go? Um, I would go to Europe and Fiji and South America. And, you know, I would definitely go to New Zealand because I had a client tell me that's his favorite place to go. Um, I would go to Swedish because I'm part Swedish, Sweden. And yeah, I would probably travel and just kind of get to know the culture and the people and share with them. And the other aspect of what I would do is I would probably hold free seminars and give everybody every bit of knowledge that I have. Yeah. Like set up like this amazing seminar and try very hard to hire as many people as I could. So I didn't have to work on it, like get the PowerPoint ready, get all the cliff notes and share with people, share with them, not only how to be a holistic being, but how to integrate healing into the bodies and look at it from a holistic aspect, which I feel like it's one of the things that I feel like I've been very successful at, and I would really like to share my methodology with as many people as I could. That, that certainly sounds amazing. I think a lot of people could really benefit from that. Actually, I want to be respectful of your time here. One, one of the last questions I always ask everybody who comes on the show is, who would you want to hear on this podcast? And what is something that you would either want to ask them or hear them talk about? Who would I want to hear? I like a lot of people out there and a lot of what they're they're speaking about what's fascinating to me is you know it's funny because when you ask me that I'm like well I already listen to them a lot and, or I already read all I've already read all their books um but um you know you know who would be really cool to hear is Louise Hay she to me is unbelievable um you know who I also heard a little video of who I think is amazing is because she's had such a spiritual journey for herself is Jane Fonda. She is quite the force to be reckoned with. She's just amazing to me. What's she like seventy something years old? My God, still kicking <laughs> <laughs> So what would you want to ask her or what would you like specifically what would you want to hear her talk about? Oh, well, I mean Either either her or Louise Hay. Because Jane Fonda mentioned in this video that I listened, she mentioned what she learned in this, her life. And most of it was about loving herself and trusting herself. So Louise Hay, oh, I would love to ask her so many things. And one of the things that I would ask her is, what has she learned about herself today that she wished she could have told her 21-year-old that would manifest a completely different journey from today because she's so successful and she's been able to converse with all the big wigs out there you know all the spiritual speakers and she's learned so much and if she could go back and change anything what would she change if she would if there would be anything I wouldn't change anything because I wouldn't be the person I am today if I had changed anything which is kind of the beauty in recognizing self-love um 
But um, yeah, I'm probably gonna leave this this video Skype call and be like, oh, I should have said, oh, oh, I should have said. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think of anything, I mean, I can always put that in the show notes for everybody. <laughs> so, Ashley, where can our listeners find more about you? Where can they go check out all your work, see what you're up to? Well, I mean, I I've got my balancebod.com. My company's Balance Body, but my website is balancebod.com. But I would totally encourage people to come on the Ashley's Good Cheese Circle. It's on Facebook. Like it. And I encourage people to bring questions, thoughts, comments, favorite products, whatever it is that's helped them on their journey and that they could they would want to share with others because everyone on that page are they're the most beautiful people. And sometimes, you know, I don't know why. Maybe I, I do know why because it took me forever to actually get that page up and going. But not a lot of people like to share, you know, their thoughts and feelings. And so I'm always, I always want to know what people are thinking and what their thoughts are. And I always want to know, I always would wish for them to share that so that they could help somebody else, you know, going through possibly the same thing. So, yeah, that's it. Well, everybody, make sure to go out, check out balancebot.com, go to Facebook, join the Good Cheese Circle, ask the questions, share everything, just go out, enjoy, spread the love. Uh, Ashley, again, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, it's been an absolute blast getting to talk to you. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time and asking me. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to head over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to get your top 10 world-class nutrition tips from the experts to help you simplify your health journey. While you're there, go to my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Also, if the show has helped you out in any way, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and a five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out with how simple health can be and helping to share the podcast with others.